0: I think you might be correct, John. It is Bizarre World, but for the next hour, welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. An hour of power where we all get to put on our thinking cap uh, and live our lives like they matter. Take full use of all our faculties. Have a little medicinal truth therapy, because that's what we need. You know, uh, the truth will set you free, a great rabbi once said. Uh, and then the present added to it, but first, it'll make you miserable. But <laughs> first, it'll make you miserable. But the Ouch. good book says that uh, it might be a misery right now, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. And so today, we got a great show, of course. Uh, you know, I I have a philosophical uh, bent to me, if you haven't figured that out yet. Uh, But I don't believe I'm a philosopher, although I do philosophize at times. Uh, And so this week, uh, I've got a chance to merge sociological, uh, uh, spiritual, physiological, mental, biological, uh, political, all in one... Basically, flow of conscious thought, and that's what I love about what we do. We we put on our thinking caps. You know, we work on the one organ that never has to deteriorate, and that is our brain. Use your head, and, man. And let's be honest. It's bizarre world out there. John was right on with that drop. It is bizarre world out there. Uh, I cannot believe what's going on. And we're going to get into all all, all that today. But today, uh, I want to talk about one of our greatest enemies. It all feeds. It all comes from the same faucet, the same pipe, if you will. Uh, And it's called fear. All right, fear. Uh, Fear is an acronym. It's false evidence appearing real. Uh, Fear is one of the greatest weapons formed against us. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Uh, Fear shows up in many ways, in many forms. Uh, Fear causes pain. It causes trepidation, lost opportunities. Fear is a great motivator. I know it sounds weird to you, but it's also a great demotivator if you allow it to. And how we respond to this chemical reaction called fear really dictates the level of our success, our relationships, the inner turmoil, the inner peace or lack thereof. And so today, I want to talk about the abominable star, straw man. <laughs> I want to mix the straw and the snow together. Remember Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Remember, uh, what was his name, Bumpy or something like that, Burpee or something like that it was his name? It was the abominable snowman. Uh, and uh, today, we're doing a show called the abominable straw man. Because that's really what it comes down to. But it really it's all based in this thing called fear. Uh, and how we respond to fear, how we deal with fear, because something we all have in common is fear. Uh, it really dictates how we're remembered. It, it dictates the level of impact we have, the, the amount of people we we touch, uh, maybe even, maybe even, depending on how you do it, because remember, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, maybe even depending on your spiritual gifts that you get. Uh, and I'm talking about rewards now, uh, not uh, abilities. And so before we get started, like some pros, the camel's nose, isn't it cool? I rhymed the title today's poem with the word pros, because that's how good I am. Come on, John, nothing at all, John, nothing? Okay, so uh, today's pros, yeah, (laughs) boy, when you got to ask for applause, it just doesn't have the same value, right, ladies? Ladies, when you got to ask your man to send you flowers, and then your man sends you flowers, yeah, it has no value at all, so uh, whatever that's worth to you, John, but uh, my address is 421 no just kidding (laughs) so let me start with a poem called the camel's nose once in a shop a workman wrought with languid head and listless thought when through the open window space behold a camel thrust his face my nose is cold he meekly cried oh let me warm it by thy side since no denial word was said in came the nose in came the head As sure as sermon follows text, the long and scraggly neck came next. And then, as falls the threatening storm, in leaped the whole ungainly form. Aghast, the owner gazed around, and the rude invader frowned. Convinced as closer still he pressed, there was no room for such a guest. Yet more astonished heard him say, If thou art troubled, go away. For in this place I choose to stay. O youthful hearts for gladness born, Treat not this Arab lore with scorn, To evil habits earliest while, Land neither ear nor glance nor smile, Choke the dark fountain ere it flows, Nor even admit the camel's nose great poem Lydia Huntley Sigourney great poem great job uh, Miss Sigourney but you know the camel's nose you know it's an Arab proverb that you know camel and his master are out in the uh, in the desert it's uh, cold it's night he has a tent so the, the the Arab's sleeping in the tent and the camel's cold so he he wakes up his uh, his master and says hey it's really cold out here is it okay if I stick my nose in here so sure go ahead and so after a little while the, the band fellows sleep again and after a while he gets woke up again and said man it's really really cold out here it's okay if i just move up, up to my fr- front two legs and the arab's like hey there's not a lot of room in here i could barely a one-man tent but sure go ahead just be careful we're, we're running our space here and so he lets him in up to his front legs and he goes back to sleep and after a while he wakes up and he's outside the tent and the camel is the only one inside the tent what? And that's the camel's nose. It's the boiling frogs. You know, if you put a a frog in a pot of boiling water, the stupid creature is going to jump out because it's hot. However, I've been told, never done it. Please don't send me nasty letters. If you put a live frog in a pot of lukewarm water and you slowly bring it to a boil, I've been told, you might want to have garlic butter ready. Right? And see, that's how fear creeps in. Fear creeps in as a little thought, a little doubt, a little, but then it turns into this big monster. It's the little five-year-old kid that runs into your bed screaming, tearing, I mean, red face, tears running down their face, and cry. What's wrong? What's wrong? There's a monster in my closet. There's a monster under my bed. And you go, honey, monsters aren't real. They don't exist. Go back to bed. And that child never leaves your side. They crawl into bed because they go to sleep in there. Now, there's no monster in the room, but it doesn't matter what reality is. What matters is what we believe, because no one responds to reality. We respond to our map of reality. We don't respond to the truth. We respond to what we believe the truth is, and sometimes those are two totally opposite things. So, the abominable snowman from Rudolph the uh, Red-Nosed Reindeer was cool, but I want to look up the word abominable, because what does it mean? You ready for this? Causing moral revulsion. Can you believe that? Similar words are loathsome, detestable, hateful, odious, obnoxious, despicable, Gross. contemptible, uh, damnable, cursed, accursed, diabolical, disgusting, revolting. Do you hear that? Those are all words for abominable. Now, you know what straw man is? A straw man is a weak or imaginary opposition set up to be easily confuted. Isn't that incredible? Here's the second definition. A person set up to serve as a cover for a usually questionable transaction. And, you know, Dr. Eric Byrne wrote, created something called transactional analysis. You know what a transaction is? It's a, it's a mode of communication. It's when there's a stimulus and response. That is a transaction. And I'm going to tell you right now, fear has become a monster for many people. Fear has become the abominable snowman to many people. It's Be- Beelzebub. And the problem is fear is a straw man fear is not real the only power fear has is the power we give it imagine that you had a lemon in your hand and imagine i freshly cut it in half and it's dripping to the side lemon juice come off the side i want you to stick that lemon up to your nose and take a big whiff of that lemon and then open your mouth and take a big bite out of that lemon now there's no lemon in your hand but if you actually did what i just said and imagined it Your salivary glands are excreting Your mouth is filling with saliva right now Because even though there's no lemon in your hand Your brain, your mind, your body acted as if That's what fear is False evidence appearing real It's an abominable straw man I'm black, we'll be right back He is a loathsome, offensive brute Yet I can't look away Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And today, we are talking about the abominable straw man. No, not the abominable snowman. Not Bumpy or Blurpy, whatever that little guy's name is. Remember, he was so adorable. But that word "abominable" is uh, offensive, and you know we were talking a break. And I never thought about this. It, it, the base of the word somehow it's the same word we get "abomination." You know, when you think about what an abomination is, uh, abomination in the Bible is a, something that's an affront to God. Uh, it's a deep insult. Uh, it is vla- blasphemy. Uh, it is uh, spitting in God's face. I mean, uh, abomination is something terrible. Uh, and so you think about abominable, and we don't think about the word uh, loathsome, detestable, hateful, odious. I love that word, odious, right? Uh, obnoxious, vile, foul, ex, uh, horrifying, atrocious, appalling, dreadful, abhorrent, reprehensible. And that? Wow, that's what that word means, but I think it's appropriate because this abominable straw man this thing called fear i mean it it destroys us it toys with us it messes with us and it and we take a, a, a a molehill and we make it into a mountain see that's what fear does by by playing something over and over and over and giving it life we we remember it we remind ourselves we recollect don't you hear those words putting it back together And it really doesn't matter what happens to us in life, I'm gonna be honest with you. What matters is how do we explain it to ourselves? What is the narrative? Because it doesn't matter what happens to us, it matters how do we remember? How do we codify it? How do we store it? It kind of reminds me of a story I once heard. And now, story time with Mr. Black. Two friends were walking through the desert And after a while, at some point in the journey, they had an argument. One of the friends got so angry that he slapped the other one in the face. The one who got slapped was hurt, was angry, was put off. However, they just stuffed those feelings and emotions and and they said nothing. But they did write something in the sand. And as the other looked over his shoulder it said, Today my best friend slapped me in the face. After that episode they started walking again and they kept walking on and he kind of forgot about their previous moment. And they found an oasis and they decided to rest and to to, to lounge to leisure. And so they decided to take a bath. And so the two jumped in, and, and the one who got slapped in the face got to trouble. He wasn't that good of a swimmer, and he almost drowned. And he, he needed the help, and his friend, by the grace of God, was there to save him. And his friend saved him. After he recovered, he he walked off a little bit, and, and he took a chisel over to some rocks. And with it, he carved in the stone something and his friend looked over his shoulder to see what it was and it said today my best friend saved my life the friend who had first slapped him and then saved his life asked a question that all of us should ask when i hurt you you wrote in the sand and when i saved you you chisel in stone Why the difference? Why? And with that, the other friend replied, When someone hurts us, we should write about it in the sand so that the winds of forgiveness can blow it away. But when someone does something good for us, we should engrave it onto stone so that no wind can erase it. See, ladies and gentlemen, what we remember matters. And a good leader, and by good leader, I mean someone that's out there making a difference, that's living their life like it matters, who's living an impactful life. They remember the right things. You see, the good Lord put the eyes in the front of our face for a reason, because we move in the direction of our focus, and we focus in the direction of our movement. Get this, we move in the direction of our focus. And we focus in the direction of our movement. And see what fear does is fear is all about our focus. See what fear usually comes from is past disappointments, past regrets, past hurts, past pains. And and, and what happens with, with these little things, these little situations, these little scenarios We start playing them over and over and over and over We start going through the possible trauma and the drama We start going through the possible consequences for things that maybe will never happen And then we take these things and energy follows thought And then these thoughts take on a brand new part of us They actually become part of our identity And then we start saying things like, I'm a liar, or I'm unworthy, or I'm broken, or I'm not successful, or I'm this or I'm that. And we must be careful what we attach to identity. Because once fear is given the ground to grow, it can become a huge mountain. It can become an abominable straw man. It can have no power, but the power that we give it. And we must remember that, that we have control over this power, and we give it the reality that it has. See, this isn't something new. This isn't opinion. This isn't philosophy. This is science. And we've been told over and over and over to follow the science, to follow the science, to follow the science. And ladies and gentlemen, pity the science is in. What we believe affects us. Fear. 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 There are something like 1,400 known diseases, sicknesses, problems associated with fear. And you know, honestly, our deepest fear sometimes is not all the bad things. Our deepest fear is that we're not living to our potential. Our deepest fear is that there's far more than us uh, that that we're given. This is why the privilege movement. This is why the the covetous movement. What do you think the privilege movement is? It's violation of the 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet. That's what it is. Well, he has more than I do. Well, she has a prettier family. Well, she's got more success. Well, she's got a retirement plan. Stop whining. Well, she's treated different. Yeah. Put your big boy pants on. Put your big girl pants on. But now we're being fed by the power the force of this world to have that resentment. That. What do you think CRT and all this is all about? Is making us resentful, making us bitter. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. This is what Marianne Williams said. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, the most frightens us, she says. We should ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Quit playing small. Your playing small does not serve this world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. It's called fear. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. And God says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just in some of us, but it's in each and every one of us if we allow it. And when we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. And she ends this quote so powerfully. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Why do you think the other side gets so mad when someone's courageous? Why do you think there's so much vitriol against Elon Musk? Against Donald Trump. They kicked him off of Twitter. They've done everything. They've, they've impeached him twice. They're attempting get to say there's an insurrection. They're doing everything they can in the deep state. Whether you like the guy or not, you got to pause for a moment. Why? Because when someone else confronts evil, when someone else says you can't tell me what to do, when someone else says you can't play me like that, it gives other people permission to do the same. It gives other people courage to do the same. Their presence automatically liberates others. And that is a fear. That is a huge fear. And there comes a time in your life when you've got to choose between turning the page and closing the book. Because eventually you're gonna learn that the one person that wasn't supposed to ever let you down probably will. You'll have your heart broken probably more than once, and it's harder every time. You'll break hearts too. Come on, man. So remember how it felt when your heart was broken. You'll fight with your best friend. You'll blame a new person for old things and old one for new things. You know what I'm saying? You'll cry because times pass too fast. You'll eventually lose someone you love, right? And so sometimes we just got to realize this is part of life. And you got to grab it by the horns. That's why the old saying, so take too many pictures, laugh too much, love like you've never been hurt, because every 60 seconds you spend upset is a minute of happiness you'll never get back, right? But you got to realize that we are conditioned this way. And fear doesn't happen on its own. We have to have a lot of help. Remember, the smelting process of life requires three forces. Flux, dross, and precious. Flux is something that allows us to melt, to be broken down, to separate from the stuff that doesn't serve us well. Dross is all the bad stuff, the traumas, the injustices, the dramas, the stuff that somehow was part of a behavior against us or by us that somehow we attach to identity. And now is taken away from our great value. Which brings us to the last piece of the Trinity, which is precious. That's what we are we're rare we're God's masterpiece we're one of a kind we're unique we're priceless we call that precious and don't let fear stop you from becoming that person one of the greatest commandments in the Bible has nothing to do with sex, drugs, or rock and roll it says thou shall not fear because I the Lord am with you I am black we'll be right back when you're slack, you'll take it and like it stop whining Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there's a space, and in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next leadership awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Don't mess with me when it comes to words. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters inspiration, education, and application. Yes, I am your wordsmith. I am the black man. I am your life caddy. I am your radio show host. I am I'm a mythoclass. Isn't that a great word? I'm a etymologist. Isn't that a great word? And that's what Nancy was saying. Don't mess with me, I know words. Well, let me tell you, Nancy, I know a lot more words than you do. I here a wrong it See, that's what etymologist is. An etymologist is someone that understands words, how to use them, what they mean. And let's be honest, uh, there is a lot of wordsmithing going on around us. There is a lot of what's called sleight of mouth. Oh, you know Sleight of Hand. It's called magic, right? And by the way, Harry Houdini was not a magician. He was an escape artist. And you realize, I know that sounds stupid, but I always considered Harry Houdini a magician. But what Harry Houdini did is he used his physical gifts and talents to do the impossible. I just saw a special on him on a murder show on how he died. It's pretty impressive. Uh, But uh, there's a whole... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she said, yeah. You know? So it's just fascinating, but he's an escape artist. And you know what? In life, we need to be able to know how to use words. Because really, in a way, it makes us a great escape artist. Because we find ourselves in predicaments that we should never be in. And part of the reason is because we got people out there doing a little sleight of mouth. See, sleight of hand is magic. But sleight of mouth is programming. It's propaganda. It's a great book. Robert Diltz wrote it decades ago called Sleight of Mouth. And it's how the basis of NLP, how our language patterns can be hypnotic. Uh, we can basically do the old Jedi mind trick. These are not the droids you were looking for. As you look at me, I want you to think about the sexiest man you've ever met, Mr. Black, Mr. Black, Mr. Black. <laughs> right? Okay, I'm sorry. I was just playing with you. No letters. If you send the letters, send them to John, please. My producer told me to say everything I'm saying right now. So, back on the show, uh, John Maxwell hey. you know, loves to talk about success and significance, right? John did a lot of study and uh, he was creating one of his books. I don't remember which book it was, but he said uh, he basically listed out 137 quotes on the topic success. And he said he laid them out on the table and carefully thought through them. And after six months, he came to understand that success. And he put it in three ways, three points to what he defined as success. He says, knowing your purpose in life, growing to your maximum potential, and then sowing seeds that benefit others. Isn't that a great little list? Knowing your purpose in life, I talk about those existential questions, why are you here, who are you, why do you get up each day, do what you do, do it again, do it the next day, and do it again and again and again, right? Why do you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit it again even when you get keep getting knocked on your butt? Why do you continue to play in the game of life even though life should get a 15 yard penalty for unnecessary roughness? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen? Can I get an ouch? Something like that, right? Yeah. Because if you're in the fire, if you're in the arena, if you're in the game of life, then you're getting bruised up. And if you're not getting bruised up, it's because you're not in the arena. Life does not have bleachers, people. Life is not Have bleachers. You don't go through life to look at yourself in the third person and watch yourself as you're supposed to be living your life. Knowing your purpose in life. Growing to your maximum potential. Sowing seeds that benefit others. Can I tell you what will stop all three of those from taking place? Fear. False evidence appearing real. See, fear dilutes. Fear changes our focus. Have you ever thought about that? Fear changes our focus. Fear adds confusion. And confusion is never good. Because what happens when we're confused? We become distracted. What? Fear is a big thing. I don't think so. And so in the 1970s, researchers Paul Ekman, Wallace Friesen, Carol Izzard, Became interested in whether emotions differ across cultures. So they showed photographs of emotional expressions to people around the world to determine if a smile means the same thing in San Francisco as it does in Samoa. They found that everyone recognized an upturned mouth as a universal sign of happiness, and there was similar agreement about expressions of surprise, anger, disgust, sadness, and fear. This impressive degree of accord among diverse cultures suggests that the basic emotions are automatic. They are, ready for this, pre-programmed. We might call that innate. Why does a dog bark? Because it's a dog. Why does a cat meow? Because it's a cat. Why do we sin? Because we're sinners. It's pre-programmed. But the task of determining the underlying neural circuitry of emotions has been difficult. Fear. Listen carefully. Fear has been a particular attractive candidate for study because it has easily measured physical correlates such as increased heart rate, release of stress hormones, a lot of other things, disease, from minor apprehension to stark terror. Fear fear helps us make associations that keep us from harm. Fear learning is quick, powerful, and long-lasting. If you think back to your childhood, chances are good that within your earliest memory is an event colored by fear. Now, interesting, it appears that of all the the emotions. Think about this. This is how you're made. The brain devotes the most space and energy to fear. Why do you think the two greatest commandments in the Bible are, ready? Thou shall not fear and remember. Look it up. Look it up. It's not about fornication. It's not about idolatry. Uh, It's not about what church you belong to. It's not about how you say your prayers. It's not whether you believe Mary was a mother of God or Mary was just a blessed woman among women. Think about this. If you think about God in the Bible, the way I think about him, think about it as a daddy with a newborn child, and you gotta teach that newborn child everything. And so in the Bible, there's over 365 times that God says, do not fear. There are 365 days in the Julian calendar. Uh, the uh, Hebrew calendar has 360 days, 12 months at 30 days apiece. Just say so you no. Know. And so God tells us at least once a day to not to fear. Now, as a daddy, why would you tell your kids the same thing over and over and over? Why? Why? Tell me, tell me. Because it's important. Right, the brain devotes the most space and energy to fear. Charles Darwin was a, was one of the first scientists to suggest that fear has a biological basis. He noted that all animals exhibit fear in almost the same manner, from birds and rats to apes and humans. Animals in peril display a stereotype behavior pattern that includes freezing in place, increased respiration, heart rate, release of stress hormones, increased tendency tendency to startle. And now, if you understand anything about epigenetics. Dr. Caroline Leaf says 87% of all diseases are psychosomatic because the body releases 63 known chemicals based on three things. And the main thing is what we're thinking about. Where do you think fear breeds? Where do you think fear grows? Where do you think fear gets its roots? Fear responses are so well conserved across species, it is possible to learn a lot about human fear from animal studies. This is what Darwin's research said. Most of the research has focused on fear conditioning. That's what we're being done in America. We're being fear conditioned with COVID, with the mask, with Republicans or evil racists, with Donald Trumps and insurrectionists. You don't hear it. They are getting you so afraid that you're going to lose sleep. The problem is after the elections, because University of Washington did a study 20 some years ago that fear makes people vote that fear gets people politically involved. And so the entire process now is fear-based. Every two years, the Democrats tell you there's a war on women. Every two years, the Democrats tell you Republicans are gonna kill young people and are gonna throw grandma off the cliff. Uh, Every two years, you're supposed to be afraid that you're gonna have to get your abortions in some back alley with a clothes hanger. Every election, you gotta fear that Republicans are out to destroy black people, put them in chains, and take away Right to vote. Oh, Every two me. years, you've got to be afraid so that you'll mail in your ballots or give your ballot to someone else to mail in for you. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right? You gotta stop this. We're being played players. Fear conditioning is a classical form of classical conditioning. The type of associative learning pioneered by Ivan Pavlov. Sounds familiar? It involves a repeated pairing of a non- threatening stimulus such as light called the conditional stimuli with a noxious stimulus such as a mild shock called the unconditioned stimuli until the animal shows a fear response, not just to the shock, but to the light alone called a conditioned response. And by the way, I've talked about this. The most famous example of a human fear conditioning is the case of little Albert, right? 11 month old infant used by uh, what is it? Watson and Rain- Rainer's, you know, study about stress, like most babies, Albert had a natural fear of extremely loud noises, but no aversion to white rats. There are two innate uh, fears we're born with. The fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Everything else is learned. Everything else is learned. So a Watson and Rayner presented with a white rat. And when he reached to touch the white rat, they struck a hammer against a steel bar that was hidden behind his head. After doing this seven times, seven repetitions, seeing the white rat and to reach out and touch the rat that he wanted to touch and pet, and then this loud banging noise behind its head that it didn't know. After that happened seven times, Albert burst into tears at the mere sight of the rat. In addition, Albert showed some generalization of his learned fear response. He would cry at the sight of objects that resembled the white rat, such as a white dog, a white coat. However, he also showed a lot of discrimination. He was not fearful of toys or objects that were dissimilar to the offending rat. Remember, fear is nothing more than a chemical response to what you're thinking, what your breathing is, and your physiology, specifically your eye placement in relation to your physiology. Dr. Susan Jeffords, a couple decades ago, wrote a great book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways. She says three levels down, fear has a simple concept that I can't handle it. And she says just to feel the fear and do it anyways Because once you realize you can handle it Then you can feel the fear and do it anyways And then those things that used to make you afraid Now become familiar And those things that used to bring about panic Just bring about a little bit of fear And once you realize you can feel the fear and do it anyways You continue to grow And put one foot in front of the other And become the George Bernard Shaw That you could have been I am Black. Today, we're talking about the abominable straw man called Fear. We'll be right back. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, Books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, Workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job, that's it for today, wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net, building a better you today, likeitmatters.net helping people live their lives like they matter. That's Mr. Dot Black at LikeItMatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Black. And yeah, go to LikeItMatters.net. LikeItMatters.net. That's how you find out. I got a listener saying, hey, how do we find out about that training that changes lives that you that you teach? I said, well, it's easy. I'll talk about it on the radio. Go to likeitmatters.net. Uh, in two weeks, we'll be in Vegas. Man, let's hope that not everything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas because we want to change your life and change the world around you. So Las Vegas, May 12th through 14th. I think we're at eight people. We got four openings still. It's going to be a great class. Thank you for Ecotent for sponsoring us uh, there in Las Vegas. Uh, then we'll be at the end. Of June, uh, June 30th through July 2nd in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Looking forward to being up there in Minneapolis. Let's get some butts in chairs. Let's change some worlds. Uh, and then, probably the end of July, uh, we've been asked to go to the city of Detroit. And uh, I don't think I've been to Detroit since I was a running rebel with uh, traveling as a cheerleader. Right we on. the uh, number one rated basketball team in the country. It's a long time. So I'm looking forward to going to Detroit. So go to likeitmatters.net. We talk about fear day. The abominable, the abominable straw man. In other words, it's only as real as we make it. And here's what happens in life. What we believe is what we tell ourselves over and over and over and over. So many repetitions, so many times. In this, the, the, the book, uh, A Brave New World, uh, they talk about from a certain time in life, they get conditioned. Then they go to bed, it's a sleep, pedia sleep or something like that where they learn in their sleep where they're programmed, where they're told what to believe, where they play these repetitions hundreds of times every night uh, from year 14 to 16, from year seven to 12. Uh... <laughs> 300 times, 600 times. Uh, it's fascinating because that's how we're made. It talks about the Pavlovian rooms where the uh, uh, embryos are, are done this to, to get them to be pre-designed to do this. It's fascinating, uh, and it's where we're at in life. And what happens is, the same thing happens in life. The more we tell ourselves things, the more we believe it. And then the more supporting evidence, we are like a, a defense attorney or a prosecuting attorney. We're building a case. Remember we have 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day Uh, And those thoughts Basic are what we believe We believe what we tell ourselves over and over and over And let's be honest If we're going to be honest here Look over to your right Look to your left So no one's listening It's just you and me Nobody else listening If we're going to be honest What goes on in most of our heads Is hell Right on It's not good It's not good We are bitter creatures we are stiff-necked. We keep a pound of flesh. We keep a record wrong. And now we live in America that wants to remind you to keep living in the past. Let's go back 500 and some years. Because in 1619, we know that slaves really founded this country. And we really know that the the, the American Revolution was just to keep slavery legal. That's all we did. We just wanted white people to keep black people slaves. That was the whole purpose for all. We all know that, right? The we all know. Impossible. Yeah, Yeah. And probable. it's impossible. But yet no one responds in reality. We respond to our map of reality. We keep teaching young black kids that they're victims and everybody's out to hurt them. And you're going to see attacks on cops go through the roof. More cops are dying day than any point. And if you won't talk about it, but if you look at it, I feel so racist saying this, but it's black people. But you look at it, but no one talks about it because that would be racist to state facts. But that's what you're looking at. Black on black violence, black on white violence, black violence. You're seeing a majority of it. It's just true. You know the truth will set you free, but first it's going to make you miserable. And so what's happening if you keep conditioning people that hey, the way to to make it work is you run from cops because if you get killed by a cop, your family is going to get millions of dollars. You're going to get a, your own street park. Uh, you're going to get your own street sign, I should say. You're going to get your own statue in a park. What? You're going to become a saint. You're going to become a bigger person than Martin Luther King to the black community. This is what we're teaching people because any behavior. Reinforced with a positive outcome will repeat itself. And so I want to close this segment out with the 20 most common blocks to leadership. Because what happens is we have an experience and then we take a, 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 a molehill and we make it a mountain. We create a monster out of it. A perfect example, I, I have a, some, a tooth problem. So I've been on antibiotics and I can't eat because there's a tooth that I got a root canal with decades ago and now it needs another root canal. Ouch. And, or be pulled. And so the problem is I'm not you don't get two chances for a root canal. You did one root canal in my book, you're that's good. The second one, you need to get out of there, right? And so I gotta get this tooth pulled. Now yesterday I was playing over my head, I was feeling the pulling, I was feeling the cutting, the yanking, the bones cr- I was playing this over my head and I was making myself have a headache. I was making myself nauseous. Now here's what happened. That's probably not gonna be that way. I'm gonna have some laughing gas, some nitrous oxide. Uh I'm gonna get a little sedated, a little light. Uh, they're going to numb me up with shots and all that. And yeah, it's going to be a little uncomfortable, but what I went through yesterday, it was like giving birth. Now here's the thing. It's probably not going to be like that at all, but the real, I experienced real pain yesterday, real fear, real doubt, real, my heart beating a little faster, my jaw hurting. I had a headache up through the night, went to Bible study last night righteous. with a jaw. Yeah. I made the whole thing up because no one responds to reality. When we remember something, we put it back together. Think about Mr. Potato Head. Every time you put his arms and legs back on, you remembered him. To remove someone's arms and legs is to dismember them. So to put them back on would clearly, logically, be to remember. So what we remember, we relive. That's what PTSD is. We're remembering something and we're re-experiencing it. And so the trauma, the drama, it's all real. It's the monster under the bed to the five-year-old. Of course there's no monsters. Monsters don't exist. Then why can that child not sleep? Because no one responds to reality. We respond to our map reality. And for some of us, we've been told we weren't this. We've been told we can't do this. And the person that's been telling us that is us. Now, it might have started with somebody else. might have started with the teacher. might have started with a parent. might have started with something. But you're a 50-year-old person, a 30-year-old person, a 22-year-old person, a 48-year-old person, but yet you're still running on belief systems that were created when you were five and six years old, 12 years old, 13 years old. That's it. When I was a child, I acted like a child. I did childish things. But now that I'm an adult, I think differently. I eat differently. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to put our big boy pants on, our big girl pants on. That's what I do at LikeItMatters.net. Go there, check it out. But let me share with you quickly the 20 most common blocks of leadership. And these starts off as behaviors and then become real life. Lack of commitment. Where we're afraid to give anything because every time in the past we've given everything, it's never worked out. All that's a lie. But remember, we don't respond to what's real. We respond to what we believe. You got the rescuer. The person who needs to rescue people to have any self-worth. And the problem is if, then if people don't treat them a certain way, they become a victim. Then you have the victim, who never gets paid attention to unless their life's falling apart. And you have people that enable them, because any behavior reinforced with a positive outcome will repeat itself. You have indecisiveness, people who decide to decide decide, because they're a fear of making the wrong decision. You have low expectations of others. You know what you do? You lower the bar, because you fear being disappointed. So you have no expectations of people. Then there's fear of failure, it's right in the name. These are people, there's a possibility of failure, they won't do it, and guess what? There's always a possibility of failure and if you're not as successful as you want to be let me tell you why because you haven't failed enough and you haven't had to learn to pick yourself up dust yourself off and hit it again and quit playing victim and be a big boy a big girl and just dust yourself off and hit it again stop whining close-minded yeah close-minded people always whining it's everybody else's fault they don't see possibilities they can't do it life's not fair we live in a racist society you don't like me because i'm white you don't like me because i'm gay you don't like me because i'm transgender you don't like me because i'm cisgender you know i'll stop it yeah critical critical these are people that are dream snatchers they want to slice and dice cut everything up these are crabs you know, you put a crab in a box and it'll do everything it can to get out. That's how human beings are on their own. But you put a second crab in the box, a bitter, negative person that's critical, and they'll do everything they can to get the first one from getting out. Welcome to the Democratic Party. Boom. Ouch. Ooh. Ow. Did I say that out loud? Sorry about that. Lack of focus. Lack of focus. The number one cause for accidents on the job site and divorce. We lose our focus. Wanting to be liked. That's why we all are part of this cancel culture. That's why we're all group Thing because people want to be liked, low self-worth you don't see your own value low self-esteem you don't see your value as a human being focusing on problems no matter what's going on you see what's what's gonna what's not gonna work what's gonna be a problem then you have the battle of the leader the controlling versus empowering then you have the two having to the the workaholic the having to work hard the perfectionist having to be perfect fear of rejection Afraid to ask for the cell because what if someone says no? Then you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, you hit again. Fear of embarrassment. (laughs) Lack of purpose. Going through life with no purpose. Alice is in looking glass. She comes to a fork in the road. Out of nowhere, Elgato appears. And the cat asks uh, what she's doing. And she says, I don't know. Which one of these roads shall I take? And the cat responded with a question. I don't know, Alice. Where are you going? And she said, I don't know and then the cat responded with a great response, then any road will take you there. And when you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Go to likeitmatters.net. Let me help you figure it out. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. When you're slapped, you'll take it and like it. You have been listening to Mr. Black, master trainer for Like It Matters, Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.